Are you ready to take your business to the top? Well, strap in and hold on tight. You're listening to the Top of the Wall Podcast from Redwall Marketing. Business and marketing strategies to lift you above the competition and over the wall of mediocrity. Now, here's your host, J.R. Griggs. Hey, it's JR here. Welcome to the Top of the Wall podcast. And today we're going to discuss direct mail. Uh, this was a topic that was supposed to be done two weeks ago. But as I spent time researching and recording it, the audio was bad. And so the entire podcast was lost. And it took me two weeks to get over my severe sadness of that. And so today I'm going to reattempt. To do this podcast. So today we are looking at direct mail and uh, the benefits of it, why you should be doing it, different ways to do it, different types of direct mail, tips and tricks on how to get your your uh, you know mail opened and get responses to it. So it's a fun episode, in my opinion, because I think direct mail is a very underrated by the uninformed anyway. A, you know, marketing tool. There's a lot still using it and having great success, and there's a lot who live and you know thrive by it. Uh, and then there's others that are still stuck in the thought that it doesn't work anymore and that it's old. It's yellow pages. It's just not effective. But um, I'm going to show you that uh, you know that's uh, nothing could be further from the truth. And it's a great time uh, to do direct mail. So let's jump right in. I don't want to take too much time here. Why is direct mail? right now so hot well the answer to that is that so many people if you're the one who you know you're one of those people who think that it's dead the reason it's hot is because of how many people thinking that way you're probably noticing that your mailbox is empty compared to what it used to have in it when it comes to direct mail you probably used to get flooded with offers and letters and coupons and newsletters and everything else. Well, all that's gone. There's a few select still doing it, and there's a few companies still marketing to you, but everybody else has shifted online because they feel like that's where the money is. And there's some valid points to that, but imagine with me, if you will, that you're fishing in a pond, and then the fishing gets crowded, and so everybody leaves and goes to a different pond. The new pond is going to be just as crowded, whereas the old pond has less fishermen trying to catch the same amount of fish. So there is opportunity in those moments to go back and say, okay, well, I'm going to go back over here and see if there's anything else. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Um, you know, But in general, there are plenty of companies who never saw a lull in their direct mail success. Maybe not as effective but very few went from effective to um, completely non-effective unless they had very low numbers to begin with, you know, having very little success or really don't even know. Um, it, it is surprising how many don't even know. So right now, direct mail is a huge, huge opportunity simply because of how easy it is to get attention. There's, um, I, I've told a lot of people, you know, recently, last year we... Um, were heading over to Canada to see my wife's family, needed some important documents, passports, and other things. I had to get a birth certificate for myself because I didn't realize that mine was not uh, apparently up to the the recent changes. My wife needed a new birth certificate because we didn't have her original one. So we had all these documents we're waiting for. And I remember checking the mail every single day 
for the week. And I believe it was like three to five days in a row where there was either nothing or one item in the mailbox. It was ridiculous. I mean, every day I was checking the mailbox because we needed these things so that we could get our passport, get all our documents in place and get um, get on the road. So it was kind of a nerve wracking week. And I remember clearly just thinking, gosh, I kept thinking, is there a holiday? Now, imagine if somebody had sent me some direct mail offers during that time. They would have had prime positioning for my attention because they would have been the only thing in the mailbox. And that is happening a lot more often than you would think. There are a ton of people who are just not getting the direct mail they used to, especially if they're the ones who, like myself, switch to uh, e-statements and e-billing and everything else. I don't even get my bills in my mailbox anymore. So the mailbox is wide open. So direct mail is not dead. Let's cover that first. Direct mail is not dead. I repeat, it is not dead. It is a opportunity for you and, uh, and many others if the um, you know message is right and all that. And we'll cover that to take advantage. So let's jump into uh, some types of direct mail and uh, some tips on how to you know do direct mail right. And um, you know hopefully these things will help you kick off some direct mail campaigns and start bringing in more business through the mail. So let's talk about a couple types of direct mail. Okay. So when I say direct mail, I am uh, speaking in general of singular mailing attempts. So a single mailer. Okay. Uh, Because the other uh, items that get lumped in with direct mail are what is called marriage mail, which is where you are, um, you know, tied in with another company or several companies, you know, the packet mailers, coupons, uh, Valpac, things like that are what's called marriage mail. You are married to the other businesses in there. And to be honest, I haven't noticed a huge return out of those services in the tests that I've run with clients because you're not only competing, again, uh, for the attention to try to get you know, uh, the customer to open and find your ad, but it's stuffed in with so many other ads. You don't have control over the packaging or anything else. You simply have to go with what they do and hope that they open the package and sift through the packet. I, I, we just got a Valpac, um, maybe last week. I don't, I don't know if it ever even got opened. I remember I put it aside. Sometimes my wife opens it. Sometimes she doesn't, but it's not something I open right away. It's often put aside. Like it's, nobody gets, I mean, I don't want to say nobody, maybe there are people, but I do not get Valpac and instantly go, oh my gosh, this is Valpac. Let's open it and, and, and sift through these coupons. That's not what happens. Typically I'll put it aside. Maybe my wife goes through it. Uh, maybe I'll go through it at some point. I can't remember the last time I actually did go through one. Um, but you know, Hey, maybe some people are. So, uh, you, you're really limiting your ability. Now the advantage to marriage mail is it is of course cheaper because you are sharing the cost with all the other companies in the mailer. So when I speak of direct mail, typically I'm going to be speaking of a single effort, you to the consumer or you to the client or business, you know, whatever the case may be, it's you one-on-one sending a single letter, uh, or multiple letters, but directly from you to them. Okay. So that's the different types of direct mail, right? Um, let's talk about the way to properly do direct mail. Okay. So you've got three things, three areas you need to be paying attention to. Okay. Attention to one is the market. You need to have the proper identified market. You need to know who you're sending these letters to. 
You need to know if they're the right age, the right house, the right person, the right type, the right, you know, everything needs to be right. If you're just broadcasting an area, you're going to have some struggles, okay? So when you go with the market, make sure it is the properly defined market. In other words, I'm here in Tampa. So we've done some direct email campaigns for clients and we identify exactly the type of home we want to target, the age, income, zip code. We don't just send letters to all of Tampa. It's very rare that your business is ideal for every single person. So in those cases, we target, uh, you know, if it's a home service, we're looking for mainly homes. We do not want to be sending our mailer to apartments, right? If they have to have a home. Uh, if, uh, if they need to have a garage, you need to make sure their homes with garages, which areas have those. If you're looking at a zip code and the majority, like overwhelmingly do not have garages, you are wasting your mailer. Sure. There could be a couple in there, but your percentage is going to be so darn low. It's not worth it. You need to hit the areas that are going to have the highest return on your investment. So you really want to make sure you target the right market. You can target it by income. You can target uh, by age. You know, there's senior communities, areas where the demographics are lower. You know, you look at your zip codes. There's a lot of demographics out there that will tell you exactly, um, you know, which areas are more likely to have kids, which areas are more likely to have senior citizens, which areas are the higher income, lower income, garages, no garages, um, stay-at-home moms. All of that information is available, and you need to highly define your market first before engaging in direct mail so that you can ensure that who you're sending these letters to is the proper uh, market. The other way to get a good market is to buy lists from, and again, you can buy these lists to get your, your direct market, but you can also do a joint venture or buy a list from somebody who has your ideal customer. If you are a sporting goods type of product, uh, working with another sporting goods or sports uh, company or organization that has your perfect customer and is not a competition to you is a good way to get the exact list you need. So if you sell baseball equipment, uh, it would be good to do a joint venture with a baseball uh, league, a baseball um, trainer or you know practice facility. They have a list of obviously baseball players or kids that play baseball. Um, a hockey rink would have a league. So if you're selling hockey equipment, you know you want to go to an ice skating rink. You would get a list from them of all their, uh, you know their their athletes that train there or play there. And now you've got a targeted list. So there's a lot of ways to get your correct market. But that's a big mistake that I see often is just not identifying the right market. You need to know your market and target them accordingly. Okay, you can't afford to waste uh, a broad campaign of direct mail on the wrong market. It's going to drive your numbers through the floor and you're going to give up and say direct mail doesn't work. But in reality, you simply targeted the wrong market. So get the right market. That's step one. Step two, make sure you have the right message for that market, okay? Speak to the market. Don't send generic mailers to everybody. If you are targeting, for instance, again, if you've got an ad, let's go back to the hockey equipment. If you've got a, 
an ad for hockey equipment, sure, you could find out the proper age and you know where they tend to live and try to send it that way. And you might have a nice message geared towards them, right? Uh, but you want to send the ad towards, uh, specifically speaking to, for instance, uh, parents of kids, because that's who you're actually targeting, right? So instead of just sending a generic ad, uh, hey, we're, you know, ABC hockey equipment, come check us out, we're awesome. Uh, it'd be nice to speak to the parents. Hey, parents, you know, your kids are training. Do they have the best equipment to keep them the safest? Did you know that concussions are, you know, XYZ factor, whatever? Uh, you know, you need to check out these new helmets we have that, uh, you know, decrease the rate of concussion or whatever. Speak directly to the customer. So you need to have a proper message. If you're just blasting out generic ads with no real reason for the you know, the uh, customer to call or visit or do anything, that's why you've got a low rate. So you need to speak directly to the customer. Again, with the hockey example, if I'm doing a mailer and I'm working with the hockey rink and I'm sending it to their uh, athletes who, who play there, I am going to address exactly that. You know, mention the hockey rink it kind of it kind of uh creates that little bit of similarity oh yes we do train there so this is just for us this is a deal for us special deal for abc hockey you know ice skating rink um players you know now you're speaking to the market so adjust your message to the market right you need to have um you know something geared towards the market and then you need to have in your message you need to have a call to action you need to have a sales message that presents the product, that convinces the client that you are what they need, and then you need to tell them what they're supposed to do next. Do not just assume that they know. Oh, do you want them to call? Should they email? Should they schedule an appointment? Should they visit? Should they stop? But what should they do? Make that extremely clear so that they know how to get the discount, offer, special, or whatever it is you're offering them, okay? And again, if you're just sending out, hey, we're ABC company. We're awesome. Check us out. It's just not going to be very effective, right? It's just it's just no no different than a basic ad on a billboard that you drive by and pay no attention to. Speak to the market and give them an offer. Give them a reason. By the way, stop in today for a free inspection. Call us today for a free inspection. Stop in today for a free gift, a free evaluation. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring in your equipment and we will give it an, a, a check over to see if anything's broken or might need to be fixed or outdated and make recommendations on how you could, you know, make changes in the future. Do something. Give them some kind of offer, some kind of reason to call or visit or do something, right? You'd have to have a call to action. That is so important. Don't send out mail with no real call to action. And, you know, we're ABC company. Call us now is not a call to action. Why are they calling? What is the offer? So the more things you have in place, the better off it's going to be, the more likely you're going to um, get callbacks or visits from your mail. You have to instruct them to do so. Give them something, uh, uh, some reason to call, email, or visit, right? So that's, we've got the market identified. We're going to write a proper message. We're going to speak to the audience. We're going to ask them to do something, call, email, or, you know, uh, visit, Okay. You get those two things in place and you've got a much better chance than if you're trying to do marriage mail or you're trying to just send out a generic ad and hope for a response. Now we've got a targeted 
and efficient method. And you test these things, right? You write a message, and if it doesn't work, you, you tweak the message and send it again. And you keep testing and tweaking and getting uh, you know, your test results back and fine-tune your message. But do not go into direct mail. This is a huge, huge mistake I see is when you go into direct mail and you haven't identified your market, you're just going to do what, what I would call spray and pray marketing. You're just going to you know, throw it out there and hope something sticks. It's just not effective. And that is why often you'll hear, well, we tried direct mail. It doesn't work. Um, there was no identified market. It was a guess, a stab in the dark. Not, hey, look, here's the age, you know, um, sex, family status, income, living uh, area. This is the information on our client. We know them down to the T. We know exactly what kind of cars they typically drive. We know what clothes they're wearing. We know what wine they drink. We know where they like to eat at, what restaurants, where they want a vacation. We know our customer. And so we know that when we send this mailer, we are hitting exactly them with only a little bit of overlap into areas that may not qualify. Whereas what everybody else is doing is going super broad and hoping to get a small area of their ideal customer in that mix and expecting that small area to overwhelmingly respond. It's just not going to happen. Start with a good market. Then you move into a good message. Speak to the customer. Give them a reason to call, not a generic ad. Okay. Now once you have the market and the message down, you can move into the media. Now we can move into how are we going to do this direct mail? How are we going to do it? There's several types of direct mail you can do. There's postcards, there's letters, there's different styles you can do of your letter. You can send a box, you can send a padded envelope, you can send overnight, FedEx, UPS, postal service, objects, uh, certified mail. There's so many ways, priority mail, so many ways to do it, but how are we going to do it and why? So we're going to get into now the number one thing you have to do when it comes to direct mail. This is the most important thing, the important first step in your direct mail. Once you've identified your market and message, it's what? Get the envelope opened, right? If you're mailing and your mail is just going into the garbage pile or the look at later pile or the maybe I'll get to that someday pile, it's not going to be very effective. We need to get it to the right market, have it the right message, but we also need to get it opened. So the type of media we choose, the type of envelope we choose, and what we do is how we're going to get it opened. All right, And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. If you send out an ad and it just looks like it's an ad, it's in an envelope and it's, I mean, it's clearly junk mail highly likely they're just going to throw that away, right? Um, I get credit card offers all the time that I'm, I, I don't even read most of them. I know it's a credit card offer, so it goes right into the trash. So you need to um, make sure that you're putting some time and effort into testing out different delivery methods so that we can see if you know we're getting our mail opened because that's the first step. So let me just discuss a few ways that you can do um, some styling on your envelopes, that'll make a difference, okay? Now, one is um, using live address, okay, handwritten address on your envelopes. What does junk mail typically have on it? It typically has, um, you know, printed, pre-sorted, stamped mail, right? That is highly likely to be junk mail when it's got these you know, uh, obviously it was a mail merge. It was, uh, you know, a printed stamp and, uh, it looks like it was run through a machine. That is a very good indicator of junk mail. Handwriting 
is more of an indicator of somebody took the time to personally write me this. What is it? So that is a very effective. Now, there are handwriting fonts you can use. And when you're doing mass mail, um, it is difficult to handwrite all that, right? So a handwriting font would be your next best thing in the sense that it, it will stand out a little differently now that there is there are a lot of companies doing that. So you, you're going to have that to worry about. But that is a way to stand out a little bit differently is using handwriting, okay, or a handwriting font. If you can handwrite it yourself, that's great because um, those look, those look uh, it's very difficult not to open that. You can, um, if you're sending it on your letterhead, by the way, that's another dead giveaway that it's an ad. So scrap the letterhead. Nobody cares about your logo but you. So scrap the letterhead. Write it on a plain piece of paper. Printed white sheet. Or you can even buy yellow printed letters. You can buy white printed letters. Uh, you know They look like legal pads or something out of a notepad. You can do off-color paper. Again, with a handwriting font. You can personalize the letter. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to, you know, make sure that the, the letter itself is, is not as soon as it's opened, looking like an ad. Don't worry about getting your logo on your return label or return address. Again, dead giveaway that it is junk mail. So two ways you can overcome that. If you need to track the delivery rate, use your return address. Just don't put a name. Don't put the company name, just put your address. If you don't care about the delivery rate, go with no return address. It's very curious at that point. Who sent me this? I don't see a return address. It stands out differently, right? Another way to make your letter stand out, use a live stamp, preferably collector stamp. Um, you know, a letter that's handwritten with a Disney stamp on it is a little bit less likely to be, actually it's a lot less likely to be, you know, an advertisement than a stamped, you know, a printed stamp with a typed address and a logo in the corner. It's very likely that that's direct, that's, that's uh, an advertisement. So you need to avoid the appearance of an advertisement. You need to get the envelope opened. So those are a couple ways. Crooked stamps, upside down stamps, write copy on the outside, hey, personal note inside, or, you know, hey, this is important. You know, test different ways to write things on the envelope to get it open. You can change the size of the envelope. You know, birthday card size, different colors. Um, you know, there's different ways to do that. By the way, you don't even have to use an envelope. You can use a box. You can use a padded envelope. You can use, you can ship just about anything. You can use a container. Uh, there's direct mail companies that'll um, send, you can use garbage cans, tin garbage cans. You know, you tape the top down, you put the address label on the side, and the post office will mail that. It's, it's mail. Okay, as long as the postage is covered based on the size and weight of the object, they'll give you a printed price. You stick that on there and you mail it. Who's not going to open a tin garbage can, right? Or a tin box or a bag, a leather bag or a wallet. You know, there's different ways to do direct mail where it's not even an envelope. So think outside the envelope. Step one, make your envelopes look like it's not an advertisement. Step two would be go outside the envelope. Maybe don't send an envelope. Um, lumpy mail, by the way, is an enormous boost to conversion and to getting your envelope open. Because when something is in an envelope, it's called lumpy mail. You put a pen in there, a keychain, um, you know, coins, aspirin, anything you can put in the envelope that piques curiosity, what the heck is in this envelope? I've gotten army men, I've gotten a, uh, an, a you know, a non-live 50 caliber bullet. 
uh, in the mail in a tube with a poster that said I was wanted at an event. Um, I've gotten all kinds of crazy, uh, you know, letter openers and, um, you know, rulers, pens, pencils, keychains. Um, trying to think of what else recently I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of different things that it makes you wonder what the heck is in there. There's a reason why credit card companies, when they were sending you credit card offers, started putting a fake version of the credit card in there because you feel it. You're like, what is this? What could be in here? So Lumpy Mail is extremely curious to uh, the receiver and they are likely to open it. Uh, some would say you're, you're going to get about, if it hits their hands, it's going to be about 100% open rate because they want to know what's in it. So lumpy mail is a great way to get your mail open. Postcards, by the way, uh, don't have to be opened. If you send a postcard, and you can mail those in several different sizes. It doesn't have to be opened. It's already opened. So as long as it's a good offer and it's the right message, they're going to instantly see it. So since the postcard is going to be seen quickly, you and there's not a lot of investment to read what's on there, you want to make sure it's a very impactful message. It's a hard-hitting offer because otherwise it's also just as quick to throw away and they haven't really committed to the act of opening it and at least reading what it's about they they might a postcard the downside to that is they although they don't have to open it they just give it a quick glance and could throw it away right away as soon as they've identified it as an ad but if it's an if it's an impactful offer there is a chance that you got their their eyeballs and their attention so those are ways to get your envelope opened right that's that's the three m's uh market message media get your market that identified Write a, a good message, call to action, and then worry about the media, what type of uh, ad you're going to send. And make sure call to action, all that stuff is in there. Have a good plan. So map this out. Don't wing it. Direct mail is not something you want to wing. No advertising is, to be honest. Every advertising should be done with the same kind of thought process put into place. But don't go winging it, right? Now, what do you want to do after that, okay? Once you send your direct mail, have a plan for follow-up. A phone call, maybe an email after, maybe a visit, maybe a follow-up letter. I can tell you that direct mail increases response the more times you do it. So a second letter that mentions the first one that's a little bit more aggressive and a third one that mentions the first two and is a little bit more aggressive is a lot more likely to get response than just the simple first one. You know, could you imagine if you got a 3% response on the first one and a 6% on the second one and a 10% on the third one? It would certainly be worth it to send that second and third, especially since your your, um, re, your response rate goes up so high and your overall response rate will be enormous by the time you're done because you got 3% the first time, then you got 6% of what's left, and then you got 10% of what's left after that. All right. And if you're tracking who's called in or who's responded to the offer, you're also saving money each time because if 3%, 3% responded, you're now sending 97% of the, the list. And then if 6% respond to that, you're now sending, and I understand it's going to be completely wrong, but let's say 90%. I'm not going to do the math on that, but 90% um, or so is now getting it. So you're saving a little bit of money each time you send out the letter. But don't just give up on that first one. Send out multiple, have systems, send them out quarterly, you know, whatever the case may be. Make sure you have a plan. That's really the big thing. So use these tips. Hopefully this helps you to understand a little better why direct mail is still a very, very, very viable marketing uh, strategy, but also to figure out why uh, you may have failed in the past and what you can do to change that. So hopefully you take this advice and can um, you know start doing some better direct mail uh, efforts with it. If you have any questions, 
hit us up at redwallmarketing.com. I will personally answer your email. Uh, you can also call us on there, send in questions you have for an upcoming episode. And as always, if you like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or leave us a comment on the blog, wherever you know you want to um, to talk to us, Facebook, social media, you know, wherever. Get out there and mail some stuff. Let me know your stories. Let me know how it went, how you did, if you've got great stories of your own successes, and if anything, uh, any of this has helped you. I will see you next week on the Top of the Wall Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Top of the Wall Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the great episodes coming up for you. For more resources and tools to take your business to the top, visit redwallmarketing.com.